hello, my friends. So welcome back. I hope you're having a great week. I hope things are going really well for you. I always so appreciative when you come and take a listen to what we're talking about. Danielle and I just have so much fun. Just this is kind of like what we do. We talk and we have these great conversations that we love to share and we love to share them with you. And today we're going to talk about emotionally intelligent phrases, basically ways that we can communicate just a little more clear with a little bit higher frequency and with a little more compassion and care for, you know, the whole act of communication and what we're sending to other people and what they're receiving. So without any further ado, please welcome the daily poor with emotionally intelligent phrases. I am so excited about what we're going to talk about today because it's more of this thing that you and I get excited about, which is, you know, communication, emotional intelligence, how do we have the best kind of um, clear way to, to talk to people and be understood and have people understand us and be respectful and just showing up in this really, um, I guess that's the best way to say it is intelligent way in uh, conversing with people. And I, we keep stumbling across like these great articles that are all sort of saying the same thing, but in different ways, but also applying it to workplace and in our personal relationships. And I just thought this was another really great article um, that we came up with. And it's actually out of Lifehacker. It's an online uh, publication. It's it's called Lifehacker. Do everything better. Which that kind of caught my eye. I'm like, oh, what's over here? What are they talking about? And I found, you know, this cool little article on again, what words and phrases do we use to sound more emotionally intelligent? And emotional intelligence is such a huge topic right now. And diving into that is something I I am really excited for us to do on this podcast in many different ways. Right. Mm-hmm. So anyway, this little article was uh, recently published um, by Sarah Shofetti. And if you want to uh, look it up, we'll have the show notes, but uh, it's, it's pretty cool. Uh, it's kind of, kind of just does a little intro where it talks about exhibiting emotional intelligence is more important than ever in the workplace, but also in life, obviously, because workplace is just another group of relationships. And she talks about this idea that we're in the midst of a great resignation, which is I've not heard this concept before. Have you? No, I haven't. And I thought it was interesting. I don't know if she coined it or if it was been coined somewhere else and she's picking it up, but I was going to do a little research. I didn't get a chance to, but I will. Um, Where people are increasingly less likely to stick with jobs where they don't feel seen. They don't feel heard. They don't feel valued. They want to work for people who exhibit high degrees of emotional intelligence, which means teammates and managers who project leadership along with self-awareness, empathy, and humility. And this is so important because we all know that if we're not getting up every single day and being excited and looking forward to where we go to work every day, that that negative energy from not enjoying eight, nine, 10 hours of your day will always pour back into your personal life. Mm -hmm. Right. So being able to navigate and, and seek out and, um, be part of a great work group where you do feel like a part of a team. And it does matter if you show up and you do feel like you've got true good connections is so critical to career happiness. Mm -hmm. 
So that's why I really thought this was uh, a cool little, a little thing that we're going to talk about. What are your thoughts? Yeah, no, I I think this is, um, like you said, it is a really important, well, kind of like a hot topic these days. Um, you don't just have to look at it, like you said, from a workplace standpoint. Uh, I actually am thinking of a situation that just happened recently on one of the teams that I do mental performance training with. Um, mm-hmm. It's a team of girls aged 17 to 19. Mm-hmm. Um, and what happened was there was a situation um, without getting into too much detail, there was a, a misunderstanding that took place and you know how misunderstandings happen, mm-hmm. right? It's all a part of communication, right? Because we have what we say we, and then, you know, how the other person's perceiving what we're saying or what we're not saying that sometimes actions speak louder than words. Um, but there's a lot that goes into communication. You know, we've touched upon it before. Maybe we could do another, you know, podcast on just communication. But um, so what happened was assumptions were made. And weeks went by with these assumptions being made, which was devastating to this relationship. Um, And then when they finally were forced to sit down and communicate with a mediator, they discovered that they both felt the same exact way. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So one girl thought that the other girl was talking behind her back and, you know, eye rolling and making comments. And the other girl thought the same exact thing. Neither of them were doing that. They just thought that each other was doing that. And it caused this huge rift because of these assumptions that they made about the other, which weren't true. Um, There was some social media involved, which never helps. Never. (laughs) So so all of this build up, build up, build up for nothing. If they would have just sat down in the first place, right after the incident took place, communicated with each other, um, said a couple of the phrases that we're going to talk about today. I'm listening. I hear you mm-hmm. stuff like that. Right. It would have just been nipped in the bud immediately, right. but instead it wasn't and it festered and right. it grew into this thing, you know, because of, as we've also talked about before, our conspiracy theories, Brene Brown, our minds in the absence of data mm-hmm. creates these conspiracy theories or, mm-hmm. um, you know, or shitty have, first drafts. Exactly. When we don't have all the facts. Right. And that's mm-hmm. exactly what these, what happened in this situation. Um, so now everything's fine. They've worked it out, but w- at what cost? Right. right. But also, and also, yeah, weeks, <laughs> weeks and weeks of like, then also probably looking for ways to, to, um, feel like, well, what, what happened or what did I do? And, and trying mm-hmm. to find evidence to support more of the ugly story in it. And yes. there's, there was probably so much wasted energy on yep. nonsense. Right. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. The silver lining is hopefully these two girls have learned a huge life lesson. That's so all ta- right. That they'll take forward and they'll go, Oh, <laughs> I remember that. T- remember that time. I'm not gonna let that happen again. Well, and here's another thing too. Yes. I, I hope that this was a learning experience for them to where they can move past this and not rely on social media for their information. Mm-hmm. Um, but another piece of this very complicated puzzle as well is that the moms got involved in a not so, not so good way. Oh gosh. <laughs> exactly. And so you can see how this all kind of goes together and trickles down and so on and so forth. So while we're trying to teach the youth how to work through situations like this, 
it's very important that you yourself are able to work through situations like this, be emotionally intelligent yourself so that you can then teach emotional intelligence to your children, right? Um, So that they can see this as a learning opportunity for growth and development, you know, versus the other Mm -hmm. option, right? You're right. And And if a parent or a friend or a coach or whatever, whoever your sphere of influence is, isn't emotionally intelligent and doesn't know how to operate in that, that space. And they're just operating from their own, you know, um, ego or their own um, maybe lack of confidence or whatever it is, or skills in communication, then they're going to hop on the bandwagon of what they hear and respond only interact to only what they're being told versus yes. being able to step away and see a bigger picture because that's how they navigate in their world. So, yeah. so, so important. And, and they talk about um, in this article, which is great, kind of like a quick little um, description of what emotional intelligence is, is the ability to perceive, evaluate, interpret, and manage huge manage emotions because emotions mm-hmm. will always come but managing them is the key so both um your own you know your both your own emotions and also looking and seeing the emotions that are coming from the other person and being able to like not respond immediately or have a knee-jerk reaction to emotions coming out just to let to recognize it right mm-hmm. to see it and go okay this person seems like they're really hurt or this person seems like they're really angry, but not to respond in kind to just take a moment. Right. And um, anyway, and how about- the, so with the moms, that's yes. how they, they didn't um, manage. Right. <laughs> they did that knee jerk reaction, responded mm-hmm. with their own emotions, which led to actions that weren't the most beneficial for either side. Right. Um, and then the girls are just kind of following suit because mm-hmm. this is the example that's being set. And this is the way they're, you know, yeah. <laughs> being led down this yes. path. Right. So um, being uh, the parents had to be involved in the, you know, like um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, Reconciliation or. Yes. How, yeah. So the parents had to be involved in the reconciliation as well and go through sort of like the, um, the process of healing, I guess you could say, or whatever mm-hmm. it is, but, uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's, it's just, it's, it's a very important topic. So I'm glad we're going to kind of go over it today. Yeah. And, and, and these are like, again, apply it to the workplace, apply it to any relationship you have in your life. These are communication hacks, right? Mm-hmm. So again, more on, um, we'll always be continue to pour into you regarding these kinds of things, because to hear them once isn't enough. Cause as you listen to these um, examples of what we should be doing differently in our, in our language, stop and think like, well, do I, I mean, these are going to be obvious to you, but, and, and you're going to go, Oh yeah, of course. Well, that makes sense. But really stop and think, do you do this? Right. Yeah. It, it may make sense to you. And you may be like, Oh yeah, I get that. But really self-evaluate do I show up and do I say these things or do I do something that falls short of that in some way? So a little self-evaluation on that, I think is really important. So as you take notes and look at them, maybe start paying attention more to um, do you, because lots of times I think that we think we do things and we are showing up saying certain things, but then when we actually audit ourselves, we're realizing that we we're really not doing quite as much as we could. Right. Well, and that's where, 
the self-reflection comes in, like you use the word audit. It's where all of that comes into play. And, but you have to be, be willing to be vulnerable and honest with yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, don't lie to yourself in that situation. And, and being vulnerable is a huge part of it because um, if you can't allow yourself to really take an honest look in the mirror, then you're just kind of stuck in the cycle. It's just not going to, you're just not going to go anywhere. Right. So hundred percent being willing to kind of set a, uh, maybe it's setting aside some time, right. Where you're not going to be disturbed to just mm-hmm. really look into this and mm-hmm. figure it out. And it's for, it's for the, the good, right. This is yes. all for, to better yourself. So, um, and nobody's watching you. No, no, <laughs> absolutely not. Yeah. And, and I would, you know, really say to people too, is part of being a leader uh, in work, the workplace is so important because you have such a, not only in the workplace, but actually everywhere where you're, there's leadership being provided as, as I think about it. I think about a lot of this, you know, going back to sports again, as you and I always go back to sports is there's so much impact and influence that a coach has on their team because mm-hmm. they're almost like a second parent. They're, they're, there's somebody that they, they get looked up to unless they're a terrible coach, right? But they get looked up to and, and their words and their actions very much are duplicated by those who have admiration for their people in their life that are, you know, are leaders. So you, we, ha- we have as a leader in our communities, in our homes, in our workplace, in our friend circles, we have a responsibility to model emotionally intelligent behaviors. Well, absolutely. And you, I mean, you said we get looked, they get looked up to if only, unless they're a terrible coach, but unfortunately they're getting looked up to whether or not they're good or bad. And that's part of the problem that if you're a terrible coach, who's, you know, not doing a good job at, in this area, not working on yourself with your emotional intelligence and allowing that to kind of take over and, and that sort of thing. Um, it, it is having a major impact on these kids. And that's, mm-hmm. I, unfortunately, I undo a lot of damage that's been done yeah. by terrible coaches. It's oh, really, yeah, bad. absolutely. hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. Um, so again, just being more aware. So let, let's jump into some of these. Uh, the first one is I'm listening and I hear you. So she she says, never, ever underestimate the power of telling someone you're listening. And we've all been on that, you know, the other side, when you can tell somebody's not engaged with you, they're not being present. They're, they're looking at their watch. They're, you know, wandering around their eyes around the room. And they're, you could just tell, like, they can't wait for you to get out of their presence because they're busy or other things are on their mind, or they don't think that what you're saying right now is that important. And, And we just sort of feel like, they don't care about what we're saying right now. And then you feel invalidated and you feel like, well, it's just, it's a terrible feeling to, to not feel like you're, you have anything of value to say. Well, the absolute worst I got to tell you is when I'm talking to somebody and they pull out their phone, Oh, you're looking at their phone and scrolling through and texting someone while I'm talking to them. It's just me and them in the room. I'm talking to them and they're doing this. They're like, there really is no, um, lower feeling, I guess, like it, no. it just feels so terrible. I'm like, really? <laughs> I know. Like, well, I, like what I'm saying is so boring that yeah. like, anything on Instagram right now or your text messages are right. so much more fascinating. <laughs> yeah. And it's just also just that self-awareness of like, that is so rude, rude. It's so rude. <laughs> so rude. And but you just be able another, to do it. It's another good example of modeling though. 
because you know who does this a lot are adolescents because they're growing up with this getting the phone earlier and earlier and they're not taught what's rude what's not rude what's disrespectful what's not disrespectful make eye contact have a verbal communicate verbal conversation with somebody and so on and so forth and that stuff needs to be like implemented yes absolutely and yeah. early and and letting them know why, like that's the whole thing. Like at the dinner table, like why I understand, yes. like no, no, there are no cell phones at the dinner table. No. I mean, this is like like we get like a little bit of time together at the end of the day, right? As a family, like that we're not distracting ourselves, not looking at each other, not talking to each other because we're on TikTok, right? <laughs> you know, yes. So that's the definitely. image of the modern family is everybody's sitting around the dinner, dinner table and they're all each on their own phone. <laughs> no, and I and I always challenge people when you're out of the restaurants, right? I think we've talked about this before. Look around mm -hmm. and see how many people are actually have their phones put away and they're actually engaging in conversation yeah. without their phones sitting right next to them. For God right. forbid, like the world catches on fire and you got to be noticed, you know, you know, know, notified immediately, right? <laughs> so um, yeah, so it's it's something I become more conscious of. And I and I do, I am guilty of lots of times sitting down in a place and having my phone right next to me. And I think, why, what on earth is going to happen that I need to be attentive to my phone? And I'm right. trying more and more just to put it away in my purse and not have it be on the table. Yeah, same. And I'm trying to use the do not disturb feature, um, which actually now with the new upgrades or whatever, if someone texts you, it lets them know that your, uh, your notifications are turned off so that that, you know, that person knows, I don't know if that yeah. makes a difference, but, it, but for me, at least when I'm texting someone and I see that, I'm like, I, I always do kind of a silent cheer. I'm like, good for you. Good for you. <laughs> you <know? laughs> good for you for setting some boundaries. Yes, exactly. Exactly. I like it. But yeah. Yes. I'm listening and I hear you huge, huge words. And it means a lot for the person who's receiving them. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love mm -hmm. it. Okay. What's the next one? Um, did we talk about, tell me more? No, let's do that one. So yeah, she talks about saying, tell me more, um, it, which is uh, again, kind of going off of, I hear you and I understand, right? I, I, I personally like the phrase, tell me more. It's kind of like, I'm interested. I'm sitting on the edge of my seat. Please mm -hmm. keep going, you know, and mm -hmm. couple that with a smile and a nod. Like I, as the receiver, I'm like, yes, yeah. I'm like, I'm, I have a captive audience. This is great. This person is listening to me. I feel good. <laughs> yes. And, and, and that person that allows you to share and elaborate more on what you have to say is actually also saying, maybe I can learn something from you. Exactly. Yep. Which is huge when you're talking to, you know, coworkers or bosses there, you know, and that's the great thing about a boss. When a boss doesn't show up and think that they know everything or pretend that they know everything and then discount people when they say, oh yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and like shoo them away. I mean, those are great leaders because they know they don't have to have their ego on the line. And they're great if they surround themselves with great people who mm -hmm. are always bringing great ideas and who have the freedom to share ideas and thoughts. So tell me more, mm -hmm. tell me more about like, that's fascinating, or I never thought about it like that. Or how did you come to that conclusion? That's so interesting. That's, that's kind of brilliant. And yeah. like, oh my gosh, that just makes people want to step out of their, you know, comfort zone a little bit and risk sharing more ideas, more thoughts, if they have the space to be free to share their ideas. Right. Which then gives them more confidence to keep doing so. And then exactly. the whole momentum thing on that real quick, I finally did start watching Ted Lasso, as you suggested. Oh, 
amazing show amazing love it I right? like literally Mike and I are obsessed obsessed we, we're, we're almost done with the first season we just started yesterday I mean and, I know the episodes are short yes. but they're no they are short and I, we recommend to everybody yes. watch Ted Lasso it's, there are so many it's, lessons in communication so many lessons in communication and being positive and um holding you know confidence and and all these things but with the tell me more and I'm listening and I can always learn something it reminded me of First of all, I love that he asked for the um, the equipment guy's name and Nate, and he was mm-hmm. like, nobody ever asks me that, right? Right. And I love that he just had made him a part of the team, right? And he got the the play from him, mm-hmm. right? So now you have this equipment guy who was shy and didn't really say much, right? And now here comes this new coach who's like, well, yeah, let me hear. I want to hear your suggestion. Tell me about your suggestion. Not only that, but they used it. They tried it. It worked. And he gave the credit to him. Like exactly, I just, so great. It's just, it was awesome. It was no, awesome. Just wait, just wait for season two though. I can't wait. I no, you're going to have to, yeah, you're going to, I did what I did is I was trying to milk it. Like I was trying to like, just not finish it. Cause I didn't, it's one of those things where you don't want it to be over. Cause you yeah. don't want to have to wait for season three. I know there's so, but I did, there. but I did, but wait till you get to the end of season two. Okay. okay I'm very excited it. because they do talk about how uh, someone told me today, a sports psychologist comes on in season. Yes. Two, and I am pumped. For you are, you, you are going to love it. So, like it's so <laughs> uh, up our alley. And so many people said to me, what you out of all people have not seen Ted Lasso. I'm like, <laughs> And I didn't know what they were talking about until yeah. I watched it. And I like, oh, now I know why. Because have this, to do this it. Apple to. TV is like $4.99 a month. It's worth it. It's 100%. Worth it. <laughs> do it, please, everybody. Okay, that was our little sidebar. Yes, yeah, sorry about uh, that. No, no, it's, all, it's, it's, it's perfectly. Actually, it was, a perfect, um, it was a perfect thing to insert here because you really see it and feel it in Ted Lasso. They do oh such a great job. Like He's great. The, you- it cannot be lost on anybody when you watch Ted Lasso. Right. It's and I the feel best like way. Ted Lasso just essentially sums up all of this emotional intelligence stuff right here. He 100%. does all of these things. Oh my gosh. It's so great. I, just <laughs> wanted to, I can't wait for season three. Okay. So the next one is I appreciate you. Mm-hmm. So they're, you know, like kind of the old way that people say, oh, good job. Or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Nice job. Good job. That's very, it's very generic, very sort of benign. Oh, good job. It's not really, the job is good. It doesn't really say you are good or I appreciate you. It's not right. personalizing it as much. Right. So there's a big difference in, in hearing someone say, oh, good job. And I appreciate you. Yeah. I appreciate what you're doing. I appreciate your contributions. I appreciate you. Right. And that's the big mm-hmm. piece that um, we have to make sure that we do is I really, really appreciate you. Yeah. And that just sounds so much better coming from somebody. And um, it's subtle, but it's important. Oh, it, yeah, it's huge. I started saying that to the uh, the healthcare workers mm-hmm. during the, you know, when this whole COVID thing started. Um, and you could tell, like, I, and I was, it's all about how you say it too, you know? So when you look them in the eye and you say, I appreciate you and the work that you're doing every single day. Thank you so much. Yes. And, and they just like some of them, I thought they might start crying. Right. Like it, it just meant so much for them to hear those words. They're that powerful. Yeah. So I, I guarantee if you start to insert that in a genuine way into your day to day with whoever you encounter, mm-hmm. you, you will literally make that person stay. I agree. And I, and the other thing I'll do too, like when maybe email um, communications and stuff, I will, instead of just saying, thank you. Mm-hmm. Like just sounds like, you know, just thank you. I say, 
Thank you so much for taking the time to get to do this for me. I appreciate your effort so much. Yeah. They know in an email that I that's so much better than just a thank you that's going to get missed. Yeah. Right. But taking the extra time in an email to, to continually show appreciation and elaborate a little on it, it, people will respond back to me like, oh my gosh, thank you so much. I, I mean, oh my gosh, nobody ever says that. Or like these people that, that you talk to, like, you know, when you're calling customer service in places and they really greet you, like, I really like in this greatest way, like, you know, that they really want to take care of your problem. And they, you could hear it in their voice and they're like, you know what? Well, we don't want you to feel like that. We are definitely going to take care of that today. It's that same feeling where you like take a breath and go, oh my gosh, I get somebody who's actually cares about my problem. Right. You know, same sort yeah. of feeling is like this person genuinely is showing up and is genuinely feeling this about the situation or about me. Right. Right. Yeah. I love it. Absolutely. Um, the next one is saying, I trust you. This mm -hmm. one's huge because when you are someone like if you're a part of a team and you feel that your teammates, and again, I'm going to go back to sports mm -hmm. when you feel that your teammates have that trust in you, that you're going to do your job. It makes you do your job so much better and easier, right? Mm -hmm. Just gives you that confidence. Whereas if you feel as though your teammates don't trust you, you're hesitating, right? Mm -hmm. Or you're second guessing yourself for your decision-making process. And it's the same thing in the workplace or with any relationship that you have really. Like if you feel that the person that you're working with or in a relationship with doesn't trust you, mm -hmm. you're always on edge. You're always right. questioning, second guessing, right? And it's very easy if you're like, well, they don't appreciate me, which, which could lead into, well, they don't really care that much, which they don't pay attention that much, which if they don't, then why should I? Right. But when someone says, I trust you, Hey, yeah. you got this. I trust you. Like, I trust you. That's like, oh my gosh, mm -hmm. they, they're counting on me. Mm -hmm. They believe that I can do this. They believe I have value to whatever it is that's going on right now. And if they trust me, I need to really step up. Right. I need to step up and I need to really make sure um, that that I want to I want to keep and maintain their trust. Yeah. Right. So it, it you work with a much more of an empowering energy. Yeah. Knowing that somebody's trusting you to, to show up in, in a particular way. I love yeah. that. I trust yeah. you. Yeah. Um, so then, like, let's say when you're talking back and forth and you're maybe talking about a different subject. Then if you show up and you say what are your thoughts on this? Am I, am I missing anything? You're, you're opening up the idea again, like, have I missed anything? Do you see something that you could add to add value to this problem that, that we're, or the, the solution we're creating or how we're going about, you know, uh, attacking this one, you know, thing in, at work or at home, wherever it is like say, Hey, what are your thoughts? Am I missing anything? Instead of just assuming that you got it all right. So you know, just, it's really, really important to always sort of check in with people before you shut a conversation down, just saying, Hey, if anybody's got a thought, this is the time I want to hear it. Right. And another great leadership skill, like you said before, um, just being open to feedback and, um, you know, the possibility of you yourself learning something new, even mm -hmm. if you in this are in this high position of, you know, quote unquote power or the boss or whatever, um, it just makes, I feel like it adds another, an additional layer of respect. Mm -hmm. And also when a boss is saying, or any leader is saying, 
did, did I miss anything? It means, Hey, I'm capable of missing stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm that not ha- perfect. <laughs> I'm not perfect. It's like, Hey, yeah. did I miss anything? Because if I did, I'm holding you guys accountable to check in on me and yeah. help me out. I don't want, I can't miss anything as I'm leading this, the situation. Right. So it just shows like, I've got the space open for, you know, you to, to show me if I am missing something, which is huge. Right. Um, so what are your thoughts? And am I missing anything? The yes. next one. Next one is everything. Okay. Oh, no, I skipped one. I have a different perspective. Yes. I have a different perspective. So I like this too, because there are definitely ways that you can phrase things to make things, you know, because communication, like we said, is all about um, perception as well, how the other person perceives what you're saying. Mm -hmm. And so if you can, you know, weeks and weeks ago, we talked about behavioral styles and how people have different behavioral styles and how they interpret information and how they're going to perceive things. Um, if you understand the behavioral style of the person that you're communicating with, you can adjust your language. So you don't have to change, you know, what you're going to say to them as a whole, but you can adjust your language to make it more, um, easy, uh, like easier for them to accept, I guess, mm-hmm. or per- make ensure that they're going to perceive it in a positive way rather than as an attack or something that's negative or, um, you know, something that's going to hurt their feelings or exactly. And, <laughs> and this one's a little bit hard because if you mess this one up, then we create a situation where people feel like they're either being attacked or somebody's not agreeing with them, which could affect like, oh, I said something and now they think I'm a, I'm stupid or I shouldn't have said. And then you can still go kind of go back into your hole and not, you know, want wanting to say things out loud again because now you feel like somebody's picking on you or not liking what you're saying and or that someone's not agreeing with you. So people tend to be quiet and shut up and just sort of avoid interacting, you know, and you can't have that. Everybody has to be willing to hear and be heard without judgment and without anybody, you know, thinking that they're what something that they're saying is stupid. Cause sometimes some of the most brilliant ideas come out of brainstorming and then brainstorming a lot of stupid shit has to get thrown up on this, on the, on the board before we can sort of look at it all and go, Oh wait, that idea over there was not so bright. But when we put that idea with this idea, I right. think we're on to something. Yeah. You can't be afraid to, that's what like people doing like advertising, like, or, or marketing, everyone's in the room and it's brainstorming. It's like, Hey, what do you got? What do you got? What do you got? Mm-hmm. And you have to just be able to throw up stuff that may not stick, may not be great, but nobody's going to put you down for it. Right. right. And, and going back to this. Yeah. It's just like, Hey, instead of saying like, well, that's stupid, or I don't agree with that, or you don't know what you're talking about, which is all not going to get people to want to say anything more. It's like, Hey, I have a different perspective. Right. Well, there are certain words or phrases that automatically trigger the, you know, an anxious emotion in the other person. Right. And it, you could say it as nicely as possible, but even if you say it in the sweetest possible way, handing them a donut while you're saying it with all due respect still sounds like a negative thing. Absolutely. And it's still going to be perceived in a not so nice fashion, <laughs> or I don't agree. Right. Um, th- those types of things. I-, I love this phrase. I have a different perspective. I love yeah. it because yeah. it's just, it's much softer. It's nicer. And like the article says, it opens the door to respectful disagreement mm-hmm. and dialogue. And I'll and add continued dialogue, right? Yeah. The person respectful. on the other side is not going to shut down. Yep. hundred percent. It's so, so good. And again, can be applied across all types of relationships. 
so the one that we um, that you kind of uh, were talking about before is is everything okay? Mm-hmm. And so that kind of um, gets mentioned here in the context of if somebody in let's say talk about the workplace is not really performing up to par, or you can see that mm, they're not they're very distracted, or they're missing deadlines, or whatever it is. Or in your personal lives, you know, you may, um, you know, have a friend who isn't, you know, getting back to you like they normally do, or isn't answering about going with you this weekend to something, or, you know, you can just tell something's off, right? Instead of immediately jumping to the conclusion that, you know, I don't know that something's, they're just ignoring you, I guess. You don't want to jump to the conclusions about you necessarily, but what you want to do first is check in with them like, hey. Is, is everything okay? Right. And not in, Hey, in a negative way, like, is everything okay? Because you're not like calling me back. You're going to text me back or, or that was a terrible thing you handed in, you know, and I, that was, you know, substandard work, not like that, but like, Hey, you know, just like coming in, just sitting down with them and say, Hey, just checking in with you. Is everything okay? I'm just sort of feeling like, you, you know, like maybe you could, you know, maybe want someone to talk to. Is there, yeah. you know, anything I should know? Like I'm here for you. Well, and this is huge because you, uh, you never know what's going on in somebody else's life. You really don't. Um, and making assumptions is never a good thing. Right. And so I think this is huge, like tapping, like sitting down and, and really tapping into this, right. Showing this person that you're, you are there for them. You're not just trying to get this over with, right. Mm-hmm. It's all about the way that you say it too. And actually being genuine. Same thing with when you say, I appreciate you. Um, really sitting down is everything okay i just you know we haven't checked in in a while mm-hmm. on this level and i just want to i would just want to see how things are going with you right mm-hmm. um i think that that's huge and it lets the person know hey this person is here for me maybe they have been waiting to, or needing to talk to someone and now you've opened the door for that and they're probably going to feel relief yes. right but yeah it is a it's a it's a huge thing mm-hmm. i love that Mm-hmm. uh next one i'm i'm sorry ah, i started <laughs> laughing when i read this because we uh we had such a laugh about i'm sorry on one of our previous episodes yeah. and i was looking at this and i just started laughing again because it says exactly what we were talking about yeah it uh, you know using this phrase um when it's i mean how do we explain it, it reserve she says I'm sorry should be reserved for instances when you cause personal hurt, embarrassment, or a breach of trust. It should not be tossed around every time you're late or have a question, <laughs> which right. is exactly what we talked about. Like this, this phrase is so overused. We say it for everything. And, and I, I admit, I say it all the time, but that I, like we talked about yeah, like, the Canadian in me, yep. <laughs> but uh, it is, it is something that I think is overused, but on the flip side, I don't think it's used in the proper form. Like, I feel like people sometimes aren't apologizing maybe when they should be, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and so really being able to recognize when you have done something wrong, when you have hurt somebody's feelings or when you did make a judgment that wasn't accurate, like mm-hmm. owning up to that, you know, being vulnerable and saying, you know what? I was in the wrong and I'm sorry. And I would like to apologize to you personally using the words. I apologize. I'm sorry again, but reserving that for when you, when it's, when it's really appropriate. Right. Yeah. 
you know, and it's really appropriate to say, I'm sorry, and I apologize, and I was wrong, and I would like to, you know, take responsibility yes. for that. Exactly. That's, that's what it is, taking responsibility mm -hmm. for an action of yours that wasn't the best. <laughs> exactly. And then as they lead into the very last one, which is important, is like, like for instance, you have to leave work early because you have to take your kid to the doctor or you have to leave work early because, um, you know, your pipes broke at home or whatever, or, or something, things that come up that you have to duck out early, or you have to maybe disappoint somebody or not be there for somebody for something. It's like, Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Well, that's not when we use so much. Right. I'm sorry. That's more when we say, and I love this. Thank yes. you for understanding. Yes. Thank you for understanding that I had this situation that came up and I wish I didn't have to go deal with it, but I do, but yeah. thank you so much for not making me feel bad about it and understanding exactly. the situation. Oh my gosh. A phrase that I use actually often is I appreciate you understanding. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's even, even yeah. better. I appreciate like you because now you're giving back to somebody. I yeah. appreciate you for yeah. understanding my situation, which is exactly. even, even better. Right. Yeah. So just to really reach out and just you know, say that and, and, and not just, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. I have to leave. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Like our sorry thing. It's just like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so again, I'm sorry is reserved for when you've caused someone hurt, hurt, or embarrassment, or yes. you were just showed up bad. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and then and really own the apology. Everything else say, thank you for understanding. Thank you for understanding. your understanding. Mm -hmm. And I appreciate you for understanding, which I exactly. like even better. Yes. Yeah. I love that. So these again are just great, great um, phrases to just work into your everyday life. I'm listening and I hear you. Tell me more. I appreciate you. I trust you. What are your thoughts? Am I missing anything? Mm -hmm. Well, I have a different perspective. Let me, let me share that. Mm -hmm. Is everything okay? I'm sorry when we need to use, I'm sorry. And thank you. I appreciate you for your understanding. I mean, how great are these? Oh. Yeah. Yep. Love, love, love. <laughs> let so, us know uh, how it goes. Yeah. When you try to insert a couple in your, your daily life, let us know how it goes. Yeah. And just see how well different. you do, like do a little self self reflection on how well am I doing all these? Like maybe really pay attention to opportunities where that you maybe missed in your day that you could have inserted some of these and maybe you didn't say anything negative, but maybe you just didn't say anything at all. Right. Right. And so going from maybe a state of just, you know, saying nothing to saying something positive, you know, so that's awesome. So we hope you guys have a fantastic week and go and pour great communication into the people around you and enjoy. Enjoy. Thanks guys. See you next Bye. time. Bye. It is just so fun to talk about these little ways that we can show up with better communication. Um, not only communicating better what what we need to communicate but having it land on the other person better it's the magic in in all that it makes us feel better it makes the receiver feel better it's just a higher level of communication and relationship with people and we just absolutely love this subject and to digress a little bit we did talk about this phrase the great resignation and i wasn't really sure where it came from well evidently it's a thing looked it up in Google, which knows everything. And it is referring to roughly 33 million Americans who quit their jobs since the spring of 2021. So it's basically a movement of people questioning 
you know, they're, the way that they're working, the environments they're working in, the ways that they're working, um, and deciding that maybe there's a better way, which of course, I think a lot of that was brought on by the global pandemic and being forced into situations to question, 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 which a lot of really cool stuff came out of that. So that is the great resignation and that answers that question. So, hey, loved being with you today really take a moment to reflect upon some of these things and insert some of them into your new vocabulary on how we uh, talk to other people and continue to pour into yourself and pour into others and just continue to elevate your life and have it feel as good as it possibly can. And of course, we appreciate you so much. And if you love what you're listening to, please hop on over to iTunes and give us a little rating and review. And if you know people in your circles who might really enjoy listening to us, please share. We would love you for that. And in the meantime, go and love. Bye-bye.